Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm really excited for today's show. Um, heard from Darian Hagen, who is the running backs coach, has been the running backs coach at CU for quite a while, and he had a lot of things to say that I was very happy to hear. I heard from Mustafa Johnson as well, and uh, he also had good things that I wanted to hear, and Today's going to be the day that we really just talk about these running backs and what to expect um, because we really did get a lot of information today and I'm excited because this is one of the most exciting groups on the team. Maybe the most exciting group of the team. When you look at the group from top to bottom, starting with Alex Fontenot as the veteran, the guy who comes back as the second leading returning rusher in the Pac-12, and we're still kind of saying like, okay, but how many touches is he really going to get? In this backfield, where we have Jaron Mangum, who we were excited about, heard some good news about today, I think. Um, and then, obviously, like Ashad Clayton, the true freshman, um, Jarek Broussard, who's been, it really sounds like the star on the offside, offensive side of the ball of camp. This is going to be a great group. This is going to be a really great group. And uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff that we just learned. Uh, I'll get through all of my, honestly, kind of final thoughts before the season starts it's crazy but we're only oh no I hate I'm good at a lot of kinds of math one kind that I'm really bad at is counting the days between now and like some other time so like today's Wednesday and then next Saturday so it's like seven days plus like two or three but then you have to remember whether you count today's whatever the whatever the number is though I'm not so sure but I know that it's next Saturday there's going to be buffs football that means next week we're gonna be have to or we're gonna have to talk about UCLA, what to expect from UCLA, um, as well as like what's going on across the conference, um, and so this might be like our last real dig into the running backs and see what we figure out because the truth is there aren't enough roles in this offense for everybody and somebody's going to get cut out. Um, well, not necessarily. We'll, we'll get into that. Darian Hagen had some interesting things to say. Uh, but first, I want to tell you more about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is a great place um, because they make your teeth look good. And more importantly, they make them actually like in good shape. I always do like the crest white strips and stuff because then you can just totally fake it. Like it looks like your teeth are just in incredible shape when really I don't take good enough care of them. It is so important to go into the dentist and get your teeth actually cleaned. Um, 
And I hope that when you decide that it is time to go do that again, I think it's supposed to be every six months. Um, I've always kind of thought that maybe that was like a scam from the dental industry, but then now it's like, eh, no, I could really, I could really use getting my teeth cleaned. Um, seriously though, when you go to get your teeth cleaned, choose Green Mountain Dental Group because there are so many reasons. They're huge Colorado sports fans. They're a partner of ours here at DNVR. Um, it's a family-owned business, and that's what we want to be supporting, I, I think, right now, right? Like, that's kind of our top priority when we're giving out our money. Um, plus, they do a great job. You can read through the reviews and see a whole bunch of positive things said about them, uh, uh, including from people at DNVR who've already made their trip out there. Um, but maybe the best part, at least to somebody who's in my shoes is, uh, the free Sonicare toothbrush that you can get when you, uh, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, which is just like the normal base package cleaning x-ray exam. Just get it all done, knock it all out and, uh, get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal that Green Mountain Dental Group is providing. Make sure you take advantage of that. Okay. Um, whole lot of notes. You know, there are some days where you get on these calls and mostly you get to sit there and just like listen um, because like it's interesting stuff and you like to hear it and all that, but there isn't a whole lot that you necessarily need to like write down where it's like, oh, this is a big thing. And even though um, we were supposed to get Isaiah Lewis today too, not just Darian Hagen and Mustafa Johnson, but he had to go lift um, surprisingly. And so we only got these two, but still my notes page is just so deep and we're just going to start at the top. Are we going to start at the top? Yeah, let's start at the top. Um, the first thing that Darian said was that he is comfortable playing anybody. Um, that even though there are some young guys and you don't necessarily have a whole bunch of guys with a lot of experience, you know, you, you look through this depth chart and say, Alex Fontenot obviously is a an experienced back. Um, Darian had a lot of great things to say about him. I and mean, starting with the first thing he said being that, you know, Alex Fontenot is the only vet. He is the one guy who's trusted. And then from there, he talked more about Alex. Um, and what he had to say was that early last season, the game was really fast for Alex Fontenot. Um, and it took him just a little bit of time to get adjusted and get used to the speed. Um, and he says that even from the end of last year, he's kind of taken a step forward and figured everything out. Um, he said that he is now just a wily veteran. Um, he understands what's happening everywhere, and that's what you want to hear. Also said things like special talent, and also that if you put him on the defensive side of the ball, he could be effective there too, which is an interesting thing to think about. Like, are you putting him – it's got to be linebacker. Um He's a little bit undersized compared to like what the buffs typically play at inside linebacker. Doesn't matter. We don't need to go down that route because there are other things going on. But behind Alex Fontenot, you have Jaron Mangum, uh, who was a true freshman last year, went out there and performed well for a true freshman. You need to see growth. Um, you didn't necessarily see super high upside, but that isn't what he is as a runner, which I think might be wrong because he is a fast guy. It's just that he didn't always get himself or into situations where he could get to the sideline or, or get to the middle of the field. Like, there just wasn't a whole lot of space in front of him, and maybe some of that is on him. I'm not so sure, um, but Darian talked about him a little bit, um, and he said that he was all over the place with his eyes last year. 
which I thought was interesting. He was looking around too much, but but he said that now he knows not just what he's doing, but what the line is doing and how to just use that. Um, and I think that that's a really important note right there um, is that he's no longer having to like look at the offensive line to see where he should go. He could just feel that. And and more often than not, he, he just knows where the hole is going to be open. And that means that you can start looking past the line to the linebackers, you know, do that kind of stuff and see what's in front of him because it did kind of feel like that was what's missing. You know, I'm pulling these stats off the top of my head. We ran through them a little while ago, but from profile football focus, I think he was, he ranked maybe 33rd out of 36 qualified runners in the pack 12 um, in terms of broken tackles per rushing attempt, or I think it might've been per touch, not just rushing attempt. It just wasn't, or it wasn't it was forced missed tackles not broken tackles it was like jukes all that kind of stuff and I wonder how much of that was him you know looking at the back of the line of scrimmage trying to figure out where he should run and then once he gets to the whole looking up and seeing what's there instead of having a chance to set that stuff up and work on playing with the timing all those sorts of things and I think that there are a lot of reasons to expect a breakout season from Jaron um and he is, as I was saying earlier, you know, the only other guy who has real game experience. Um, behind those two, you know, the big name is Ashad Clayton. And Darian had good things to say about Ashad, too. Um, which is notable because we haven't gotten a real in-depth look at Ashad from one of the coaches so far in camp. Um, we've heard, like, positive notes. But he was banged up, you'll remember, missed the first scrimmage and didn't even play there and so he hasn't been on the field all that much we don't know how much he missed it might have been just that one scrimmage it might have been three weeks for all we know but what we do know is it doesn't sound all that serious uh, we also know that we haven't heard a very in-depth look which kind of makes sense because we didn't hear from the running backs coach today until today um, and what Darian had to say is that Ashad is a, a natural everything that he does is natural um, he's a big back um, and what, uh, what Darian had to say was that he, Darian kind of just goes out there, tells him where to line up and then backs off and just lets him do his thing. Um, which is first of all, a very great thing to hear. Like, I think that that might be the best thing that you could hear other than like every time he's touched the ball, it's been a touchdown, but that's just unrealistic. Um, but knowing that he has that sort of feel, like that is what running the football is all about. Like what was Marshawn Lynch good at? He wasn't all that fast. I mean, he was he was a strong guy. I guess that's probably what you look at. Um, but more than anything, it was just like feel and timing and knowing where to be and knowing when to be there and knowing how to set guys up and get by him. That's the intangible stuff that makes evaluating running backs so hard. And it's good to hear that he's doing that. And an important note here from Darian is that everything he does is natural. And he said everything, running game and passing game. That's what you like to hear. Again, he started with a big back. And to be honest, like he looks like a big back when you watch him in high school. He played in Louisiana. We've talked through the numbers almost 250 yards a game in the Louisiana high school playoffs, like 10 yards per carry over the course of the playoffs, led his team in the national or the state championship. So many things that you like from the numbers, but you turn on the tape and it's like, okay, 
he's big and he's running guys over. Is that because he's playing high schoolers? Uh, he's running by everybody. Is that because he's playing high schoolers? And so we do have just a little bit more shape to what to expect from him from Darian um, in that he is a big back. That is what you expect him to be at this level. Does seem to have good enough speed. That's from me watching, not from Darian, um, to like break big ones. Um, but yeah, there's there's our real Ashad Clayton update. Um. But the name that Darian said first, and, and the name that, or I think, oh, it might not have been. It, I can't remember. See, and I decided, I, I feel like this is where I said, don't put it in the notes. You'll remember this part. You got to pay attention. Um, but the point is, Jarek Broussard has been on fire in camp. And we've been hearing his name over and over again. Um, I do know for sure that when we talked to Mustafa, the last question was, uh, you know, we talked to Darian Hagen about the running backs. You know, what'd you see? It, the first thing he said was, Jarek Broussard has been going off. And this is now past the point where it's like, okay, guys can have good camps and then we don't really see them again. You know, it was a great camp, but for whatever reason... Didn't really see the field all that much. I don't think that's the case with this one. Um, just because it has been so consistent that we've heard Jarek Broussard's name. Um, and I think that he's going to be a part of this rotation. Um, Broussard was the first guy that uh, we did get an in-depth look from from Darian Hagen. Uh, yeah, but what he said was this. He, he's come a long way. Before, he was kind of just like a Venus flytrap. He's just like out there doing his thing. The Venus flytrap line was very good. I need to go back and totally... I guess... Here, I have it right here now that I think of it. Let's just turn this on. Okay, let's see. Right here, maybe? Well, to tell you this, uh, uh, Broussard has come a long way. You know, uh, in the past, he wasn't very uh, in tune. Uh, so he was kind of, you know, uh, I would say like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, uh, so you gotta love that. Hopefully, oh, it looks like that was really quiet on here. Well, we'll, we'll figure that out later. Um, but yeah, now he knows what he's doing. Uh, went from there to say he is a jitterbug. He's a guy who can take the, the ball to the house. And we haven't had a guy like that since... Rodney Stewart, uh, who graduated in 2011. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's very high praise to say that we haven't had a guy like this in this long. Um, he was talking about him breaking big plays. We've heard about him breaking big plays throughout camp. Uh, I, uh, I'm excited to see it. You know, now that, now that we've heard from Darian Hagen, the position coach, that he is doing these things and that everybody else's hype is kind of validated, I'm excited to see it. But the question now is who actually sees the field? Because obviously, like, Alex Fontenot is the vet. He is going to be part of this rotation. He has proven he's the wily veteran, in Darian Hagen's words. Um, from there, though, I think that there are three guys vying for two spots. Um, I asked Darian like how many running backs you can fit into a rotation, and he said that 
you're if you're rolling, then you can rotate as many guys as you want. If things are going well, you're scoring a lot of points, you can throw as many guys in there as you want. And he's comfortable playing everybody. He doubled down on that with uh, statement again during this answer. Um, but he said that if it's a competitive game, if it's a close game, you really can't rotate more than three guys um, because even though you're comfortable with everybody playing, you want guys to get hot. You don't want to pull somebody that's hot. And that's an interesting answer because, like I said, it sounds like there are four running backs. And so one of those guys likely won't be a part of the rotation. And just to like say this now, there's a very real chance that Ashad Clayton is the odd man out, especially early on in the season. Um Honestly, like of those three, I think that that's totally even odds. Jaron Mangum, uh, Jarek Broussard, and Ashad Clayton, like which one of them isn't in that like normal starting rotation. So it's going to be interesting to see who it will be. You know, again, I think that it, it probably will be fluid throughout the season. And obviously in any year, there's the fact that you could have injuries and then this year in particular with COVID there's that whole thing and so everybody is going to get enough playing time like I am confident in that but it sounds like there are four guys competing for three spots and I don't know what to expect um any other notes from here oh this is something I wanted to get into um Darian said that this isn't the best group of running backs that he's worked with, but he did say that if this were a normal year and we were talking in a normal camp, he would probably say, like, there's a very good chance that by the middle of the season, this is the best group of running backs he's worked with. And again, that is very high praise coming from somebody like Darian Hagen, who obviously knows the game very well, but has also been at Colorado since... Uh, let's see, running backs coach since 2006, and he was an offensive assistant in 2005. Oh, no, I guess from 2011 to 2015, he was gone, so there was like five years out of that, but that's still 10 years he's been around, and there have been good running backs that have come through here, obviously. Um, So for him to say that in a normal year, by the middle of the season, they'd probably be good, and, and he says now, like, next year, this will probably be the best group of running backs that he has had here um it is very high praise and this isn't oh no how are we going to figure out who to put out there it's all these guys really do deserve to be out there it's gonna be tough to keep one off the field um he also said that the team as a whole has a real chance to surprise people um he thinks that this is a really talented team um just running through these notes Jaylee stacks he said is a bowling ball and that's another guy. They haven't had somebody like him in a while. Just somebody that powerful. Somebody who makes guys want to get out of the way. Um, he feels like he personally has learned a lot. Um, he feels like he is a very good running backs coach because he's been at Colorado so long through so many offensive coordinators, through so many head coaches, um, guys working around him as position coaches, and he's just heard so much or so many about so many different formations, and he's heard so many different calls and the terminology and all that kind of stuff 
He, he feels like he's in a good place and that he can teach the game really well just having been around all of that. Um, yeah. Um, I think that was all the stuff from Darian, but it was really good stuff, and it was good to hear his voice again. Um, before we talk about Mustafa Johnson, I want to talk really quickly about Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR, and they make really good beers. You've heard me talk about all of them before, the Strawberry Sky, the Vanilla Porter Jr. I like to mix those two together now. Um, the Avalanche Amber Ale. Are there any other new ones? Not that I've tried recently. Mango Mosaic is a really good new one that I've tried. Um the Mountain Beach came out a little before that, I believe, and that's a good one. I still haven't had a chance to try the Palisade Peach, but there's so many really good beers, and it's a Colorado company that you can feel good about supporting. And, uh, yeah, uh, they're located in Littleton now. Um, that's where their headquarters are. That's where they have their restaurant, the farmhouse, which is really good. Like You can obviously try all the beers, but you can also eat a bunch of really good food there. And those are two things I really enjoy. And that's why that's one of my favorite places. Um, so make sure you check out the farmhouse. Make sure you get on the Breckenridge website. Figure out what kind of beer you want to try because there are so many. If you go to that beer locator, it is crazy how many different beers there are. Um, you can just scroll through, figure out which one you want. It'll put on the map where you can pick up whatever it is that you do want to try. And uh, you should do that. Also... You may have heard us talk about some changes in the United States rugby space. And now we're spilling the details. DMVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DMVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site, right with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you're keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Support the sport of rugby by following along with the latest news on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Download the DNVR Rugby podcast, and now is the perfect time to do so because our guy Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the game for you, and they're incredible. Colton also brings you exclusive one-on-one -on -one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Okay, Mustafa. Um, like I said, he did talk a little bit about the running backs, about uh, how Jarek Broussard has just been on fire about how Jaron Mangum is great at hitting the hole about how shifty Fontenot is. And he really thinks that the combination is what makes them so good is that they have so many guys with so many different skill sets that you just don't know what they're going to throw at you. Um, Mustafa really knows his stuff. And if he says that, then you totally trust it. Um, in terms of his expectations for the team, he said that he is really confident in the buffs on both sides of the ball. Um, offensively and defensively. Um, he had some interesting things to say about the outside expectations. Um, and he basically said that, he did straight up say that they want to get rid of that stigma that the defense is weak. Get rid of the stigma that Colorado is kind of soft and 
let them know what Colorado is all about. They want to execute, set a tone, be physical, and really just change perspectives. And he says they, they don't really like buy into what the media says or what people on social media are saying or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but they don't really shield themselves from it either. Like everybody's on Twitter. They see it. They know what's going on. Um, but they don't really like use that. They just know that they need to execute their game plan. And if they do that, they'll be right in it in any game. Um, so that's some good stuff. I, I think that having somebody like Mustafa in that locker room is obviously a very good thing. Um, and he's not alone in being that sort of voice, but he is a veteran who has been through this process a few times, who, who knows what good teams look like and what bad teams look like. And, uh, I don't know. He's, he's ready to go out there and change the narrative, which is the attitude that I think that he has to have, um, uh, over the summer, he didn't spend all that much time in Boulder. Uh, pretty early in the quarantine, he went down to Arizona to train with his big brother. Um, and that's kind of how he spent the majority of his time was just training. Uh, he said he got really good at video games. Um, did a whole bunch of defensive line work when they got back um, with the other guys, Terrence and Jalen and all them. Um, and really just never got away from football. It's been all football for months and months and months. Um, again, what you want to hear. Um, I think the only other note I want to get to is kind of his takes on practice so far. You know, working with Chris Wilson, he said um, that Chris wants to create competition. He wants to get guys fired up. Um, and that he has his own certain way that he wants things done. And if you aren't going to do it his way, then you just get replaced because they have the depth to just replace you in those drills. Um, and so, uh, again, Chris Wilson is one of the best defensive line coaches anywhere. Uh, and so to hear from Mustafa about why that is, um, is always interesting. He says that it has been very valuable to kind of go through things that way. You know, they, they're changing that technique up front. No longer the two-gap scheme. They're trying to penetrate. They're trying to get into the backfield. And, you know, if you can't fill your gap, you're out and somebody who can get subbed in. That's the only way that works. Again, we've talked about this before, but the risk in changing to that penetration-based scheme, that uh, one-gap scheme, is that if somebody screws up their assignment, one of the gaps is just wide open and there is nobody there to back that up until you get to the safety. And so it, it makes sense that Chris would kind of see things that way. Like, you know, if you're not going to fill this, then we cannot afford to risk having you out there. Um, so that's kind of interesting. He also said that getting after the quarterback a lot more is giving the defense confidence and the defensive line, obviously in particular, you know, they don't feel like they're asking their defensive backs to cover for nearly as long. Plus, those defensive backs all have another year of experience under their belt, and so that alone would give them more confidence. But but that kind of double upgrade almost, half of it being the extra experience, having guys that know how to play back there now in this scheme, as well as knowing that you're not going to be giving the quarterback as much time as he needs to, to find an open receiver, forcing those guys to cover more, that that is really the big difference in this defense. Um, 
it's exciting to hear because even though it, it was a lot of fun last year, especially late in the year on third downs to see what Tyson Summers would draw up, you know, having nine guys on the line of scrimmage, dropping some guys, but you know, all of the crazy things that he was able to start doing at the end of the year, those were great. The problem was that on first and second down, there really wasn't any pressure and you couldn't go with all these exotic looks. Um, and so if they just decided to throw the ball early in the downs on early downs, first and second down, they could probably do it. And and that seems to be the big change is that hopefully, at least in theory, that won't be true anymore. Passing on first and second down will be a lot harder. Um, you can't just go away from the run game and expect to have success. Um, again, we got to see what this looks like on the field. We don't know what this looks like. Um, Mustafa said that it has been very back and forth between the offensive line and defensive line. That's not something that we had heard yet. Um, we've heard a lot of things really similar to it, but that was like back and forth, play to play. Like that is what I had kind of been looking for for a while now. Um, because although we have heard, you know, offensive line, defensive line, day one of camp, Carl Durrell said, as a first year head coach, what you want to see is a veteran offensive line, a veteran defensive line, a lot of talent there. And I'm happy that I have that. Um, and ever since, you know, those have been the two groups that have been receiving a lot of praise, probably more so than any others. Um, but didn't really know, like, is the defensive line consistently beating the offensive line? Is the offensive line consistently being the defensive line? And it didn't really sound like it, but just to hear today that it has been very back and forth, um, that it's play to play, uh, who's going to win, that the battles... Um, have been kind of simulating in-game battles, according to Mustafa. He made an interesting point that, you know, in a game, the other team makes plays, and you kind of have to bounce back from that, and that having this sort of competition between the offensive and defensive lines have has simulated that, where winning against, you know, for Mustafa, playing more inside, you know, beating a guard, if that's who he's going up against, that doesn't mean that you have now won that just means that you're helping to establish this trend. And that in the end, it's all about who wins more often than not. Um, and, and that has been something that they've been able to work on is like bouncing back and saying, okay, you beat me. Well, I'm going to beat you three times in a row. And then we are going to be ahead. And so that is good to hear. Um, that's what you get when you have a good back and forth between the offensive line, defensive line. Um, and ideally, that's what we've been getting in terms of the receivers versus the cornerbacks as well. Um, so I, we're getting so close to this football season. I'm so excited. Um, CSU plays tomorrow. Uh, I don't know who they're playing. I haven't checked on that, but I'm excited to go watch them lose and watch buffs fans roast them on twitter you know that's what football season is it's not just like watching a game it's all those little things it just feels like we're getting so close and uh eight days 10 days i can't do that sort of math but whatever the number is it is next saturday at five o'clock and wow carl durrell going up against ucla First game back. He can say that it doesn't matter, but he's going to get asked a few times next week, and I really hope that one of those times he caves and says, like, yeah, you know, I would really like to beat those guys. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. 
Um, see what happens with him on the sideline. You know, he doesn't seem like somebody who's going to be fired up and yelling, but maybe he does. Maybe he's going in, lighting into the refs. We just don't know. Um, we have to learn about Carl Durrell, Darren Cheverini and his second stint as offensive coordinator, Tyson Summers in year two as defensive coordinator, no longer with either the help of Mel or Mel trying to push things in his own direction instead of doing what Tyson wants to do. Whatever that situation is, we get to see it just play out in front of us. Everybody seems to be really bought into what this defense is doing. Oh, and uh, we'll figure out who the quarterback is. Um, Tomorrow, we're not talking to the football team, but we are talking to the basketball team. Probably a pretty quick podcast just kind of summarizing that call would be my expectation. And... Then Friday, we'll hear from Carl Durrell, and I think that we're probably going to find out who the starting quarterback is. So, we're here. I mean, we are getting real close, and appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll be back probably tomorrow. Assuming there's anything noteworthy going on that call, there'll be a quick podcast. If not... Friday or no then Thursday Friday Saturday Saturday after the final scrimmage of camp and then we're into game week uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun we'll get to our normal in-season schedule well we'll get to do it for seven weeks at least Um, that's gonna do it for today I will see you guys tomorrow probably And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get
it like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.